brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Addict Podcast Thanksgiving Special Edition. And since things are special, we've got a special guest. Patrick Allen, Matt Verder. I'm joined today. Very excited. Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman, former chief. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? You getting ready for Thanksgiving? I am. I am. Yeah, should be a, a good Thanksgiving. A couple of days. Got the turkey defrosting right now. We'll, we'll man it up tomorrow. Put in the deep fryer on Thursday and watch a little football and uh, look, no Chiefs stress this weekend, right? No Chiefs game. Get a little, just enjoy football as is, and get back at it next weekend. And unfortunately, we all have to watch the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, which is always a little bit of a, a damper on things. Yeah, but you have to also watch the Bears, and so that yeah, might be yeah. a little bit worse. Who have lost five <laughs> in a row with a point differential of negative sixty-seven over those last five weeks. So that might be worse. I got to tell you, like. I'm based here in Chicago, so I've got to watch that crap because my wife's family is going to be watching it, and they're actually going to be rooting for the Bears, which is even sadder. I am going to openly be rooting for Detroit. I want them to win their first game. Yes. And I want to see if they leave Nagy on the tarmac. Like, if they lose that game after losing to a backup quarterback at home in ridiculous fashion, and then they go lose to Detroit, just, just can them. Can him right there. Just let Mike Laser be the interim the rest of the way. That team is such a shit show. It's unbelievable. Like just, just let let it happen. Um, but you know, I don't mind that she's having a bye week this week. To be honest, like I can use the emotional. Pain. I've never had a bye week on Thanksgiving. This is actually really awesome to have a bye week because normally for Thanksgiving you're trying to shuffle having practice while also getting some time with your family. And so, you know, typically they move kind of the schedule from Friday to Thursday, Thursday to Friday, they kind of switch schedules and you're trying to do this and that. And now the Chiefs players just get to relax this weekend. They get to have their Thanksgiving, see their families and probably not even travel. You know, a lot of times guys leave town, but I don't know what the COVID restrictions are for that. But now that you get to stay home and enjoy Thanksgiving, eat whatever they want, there's no weighing on Friday. Uh, so there's a, it's, it would be nice to have this weekend, off of your NFL player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no chief stress. That's a good thing. So Jeff, you know, for, as, as our, as our listeners and viewers are coming in through, through YouTube and thank you to, to Mike in Sweden who gave us 109 sec. Is that how you say it? That's like, that's uh, we, we appreciate that. Thank you. I think that's like 12 bucks us. Not too bad. 
Not too bad at all. I like seeing the triple digits up there. Um, appreciate all you out there in the I love chat. The international flavor. Oh it's yeah, oh yeah. Beautiful. We always beautiful. get the international folks in for for when we do these uh, early ones. So Jeff, now obviously you're eight years in the NFL. Uh, you've got a podcast of your own. I think we should tell everybody about Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. And I know you do some work uh, a million other places. Can you just kind of give every where can everyone find you? Yeah. So my podcast is Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. And I I try to tell people for months now, not months, but weeks, the Chiefs will be fine. So we talked about that on today's episode. Uh, We have a gambling episode on Thursdays. The NFL has been rough for everybody. Rough for me, too. College football has been really good. So make sure to check that out on Thursdays. And then I work for Fox Sports as well. Um, And uh, for Sirius XM, I do Pac-12 Radio Monday through Friday. Fill in on Mad Dog. I'll be a Mad Dog Thursday morning for Thanksgiving uh, as well. So there's times you can find me all over the place, but um, I'm here to talk some chiefs. I love yeah. it. Let's do it. Let's definitely talk some chiefs. Um, and by the way, you, you, you do work everywhere. You, you also used to do a podcast with this guy over here. Matt. I did, yeah. 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 Stand yeah. on stacking the box, um, which, uh, which people should also subscribe to. Uh, I, I always enjoyed that. We had a lot of fun. It was a perfect year to work. The other chiefs won the Super Bowl. Yes, so, it was. Yeah, it really worked out. We had a lot of fun, and, uh, <laughs> and Jeff and I remain good friends. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. Talked throughout the year. Happy to have Jeff come on. We had his brother Mitch earlier on uh, yeah. to preview the season. So we you know we're really going through the family tree here. But um, <laughs> like it's been it's been a lot of fun. This, this year has, was not so much fun early uh, as as the Chiefs basically slept walk through the first couple months of the season. Uh, we talked about it all the time, Jeff, on this show. And I know you and I have talked about it, you know, just away from the show. Like it's, it's been a year where you, it's just, like, what is going on? I mean, they, they just cannot get on the same page. They can't get right. Well, now all of a sudden they seem to have gotten on the same page. And not that everything's perfect, not that everything's rosy, but they seem to have found themselves. And suddenly, seven and four and in first place and not, not feeling so bad as they're heading to the bye week. Look, I never bought the idea – that the Chiefs, A, forgot how to coach. Everyone said, oh, cover two. They Andy Reid does not know what he's doing. doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, okay. Guys, come on. Guys have been coaching 20 years as a head coach. Um, oh, Pat Mahomes forgot how to play football. The Chiefs defense just forgot how to rush the passer. Just take a deep breath, everyone. These are professionals, right? They understand how to make changes. And for, yeah, for three or four weeks, this team did not look like they had the previous three seasons. But they fixed some of the issues defensively, right? Let's start there. Less man coverage. Thank you, right? Zone coverage, cover two. Sorensen, bye-bye. You know, Gay's healthy. Gay's playing more. Sneed's healthy. Sneed's playing more. Fenn's playing more. They they figured it out, right? Chris Jones, back inside now where he should have been the entire time. They, They fixed that issue. Frank Clark somehow found a pass rush all of a sudden. Ingram has been helpful. Like, they found ways to change this because they're pros. They've been in the NFL, the coaches, for a long time. So the players, they're prideful. They don't want to suck either. And offensively, look, they stopped turning the ball over. There's still some bad turnovers. Oh, my, that Kelsey one was bad. Um, yeah. And they've just kind of gone back to taking what the defense gives them and then running the football. I I, I beg the Chiefs every single week to – they have a, we have a good offensive line, guys. The Chiefs can run the football. Like, just run forward. Have a move vertical up the field. And so – they figured out some of the issues. Now, it's not all perfect. I get that. But I never bought the idea that they forgot how to play good football. Everyone has rough patches. It, it, you remember, was it 2014, Matt, when the, the Patriots came into, into Arrowhead and lost that Monday football game? And yep. Everyone's like, Famously. Tom Brady forgot how to play football. He's done. And, like, they won the Super Bowl that year. Like, just yeah. deep breath, everyone. So but we're, we're reactionary culture. We're so up and down. 
that it's hard to see the light. And my, my whole thing was like, look, the offense stops killing themselves. And it wasn't great on Sunday for, you know, they had turnovers, they had penalties. I had thought one was bad and one was okay. You know, just uh, mental errors here and there, drop passes. I mean, it's not, it's not perfect, but the defense has played better and they're right where they should be, 7-4, to leading the division. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that that Cowboys game because I thought it was obviously it was a defensive masterpiece, um, but probably the most complete game that they played despite some of the hiccups on offense. What was your reaction to that game, Jeff, uh, on the defensive side of the ball? Well, obviously, moving Chris Jones back inside has been very helpful because he's really yeah. good in, in defensive tackle. I, I didn't really buy that defensive end issue. Look, I, I understand. Okay, if you want to move him out there because you have a young defensive tackle that can kind of not replace his production but can give you some production and you're lacking an outside rush, fine. But they didn't have that guy. So it wasn't like they were putting – so they moved Chris Jones to a worse position and they replaced him with someone much worse. So you basically made two positions worse. So I didn't get what they did. They put him back inside. I mean, he – Zach Martin guy is the best guard in the NFL. and He beat Zach Martin handily for a sack one yeah. time. He beat the left guard. I mean, he is – and when you have that pressure up the middle, it makes quarterbacks a little jittery, right? And we saw the Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys had offensive line issues of their own, just, just injury-wise. But we saw their game plan. They were fearful of the Chiefs' pass rush. They, they called the game fearful of what the Chiefs could do up front. And when that happens, it makes everyone better. It makes your secondary better. It makes your linebackers better. I think they're stopping the run as, as Gay has played more and Bolton's getting used to playing in the NFL. Like they're just – their pieces are coming together. It's okay sometimes – it takes young players a little bit of time to figure out how to play in the NFL. And yeah. uh, that, to me, defensively, I just you – know, the Chiefs defense, guys, doesn't have to be perfect. They just can't be terrible. Get some stops, force some turnovers, force some punts. We're not expecting you to hold teams to nine points every week. But just don't allow 47 points. Like, like help the offense out a little bit. Yeah, it's funny. I actually – like. I wrote my column on it on Monday about their defense and I kind of tongue in cheek, bro. Like they're a defensive first team right now. And I mean, and yes. I know, I know look realistically, if they're going to win a Super Bowl, it's going to be about Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill. And all, but right now their defense is leading them, which is impossible to believe based off what we saw the first month of the year, like impossible. But, you know, you mentioned it a little bit, Jeff, and I want to touch on it. Like you look at, you look at these linebackers, Gay and Bolton specifically. This is the first time in years the Chiefs have had linebackers who really make a difference. Again, I'm not like Anthony Hitchens, a good player. He's been serviceable for them. He's been solid. But they've had to hide Ben Neiman and they've had to hide other guys at times, right? Like, because they just either they can't cover, they're not good against the run, they've got to try different things, they've got to use these unique packages. The Chiefs now have two linebackers who are young guys, along with Anthony Hitchens. Well, they can just put out there and be like, all right, go get that guy. And Gay can run sideline to sideline as well as anybody. And Bolton is a hammer coming down the down the, the pike, right? I mean, he he fills gaps as well as anybody they've had in a long time. And so all of a sudden, you have those two guys, and it's not a liability. Like, have you noticed the tight ends aren't killing them anymore? I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, I I think. I think part of that is they've taken Sorensen off the field. So that helps against tight ends. Yeah. They're playing more zone coverage. So they're not in man coverage as much. You're not worried about tight ends one-on-one -on -one against a safety or against a linebacker. But the Chiefs have have modernized their defense. Well, linebackers that can run. They have to be able to run. They have to be able to yeah. run. And they, they found guys who can run. And you're, and you're leaving them on the field in nickel situations now, which they had not done in the past. So you have guys that can run and get in space. There was a play... They, it was a third and two, I want to say. They threw the ball out to Zeke. And I think Bolton ran him down on the sidelines for like a minus one. 
the Chiefs have not had linebackers that 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 can do that in the past. And they've saw what Tampa Bay did to them, right? In, in with with David and and White. I mean, you have to have guys that can run because the game is so spread out now. And again, just give them time to coach these young guys up. I mean, look, we've talked about it. The, the draft classes between basically Mahomes and two years ago were bad, but they filled in guys now with these last couple of classes that can play that fit what they want to do and give Spags credit. He decided to change up what they do, right? They, they were a blitz heavy team. They were a man coverage team, more zone. Now simplify things, keep guys in front of you. Don't give a big plays. Yeah. You might not pressure as much, but if Chris Jones is rushing the passer like that, you don't need to bring pressure. So he, they found a way to make it work with all their pieces. Totally agree. Yeah. I think that's, I, I think that's the big change from earlier in the season is they weren't getting any kind of pressure, even when they blitzed. And yeah. now that you've got Chris Jones back in the middle, now that you've got Frank Clark healthy, I mean, he's looked as good as I, in these last few games as I've seen him in a while, consistently just getting after the quarterback. And if they're able to do that, you see on the back end, the you know Charvarius Ward coming back. Fenton, those guys are covering. Dan Orlovsky had a great breakdown on Twitter just about um, – or it might have been Bollinger. Can't remember which. The both put great breakdowns out of their money. It was Bollinger. Bollinger, yeah. Um, just the way that the Chiefs were covering, they were all over, it and their technique was sound. And I, I, you know, this is one of those games where sometimes the Chiefs play well on defense, and it's like you look at the other team, and you're like, okay, well, that you know they weren't executing. They they played a poor game on offense. This is a game where you, you really can't blame Dak and the Cowboys. I mean, they just got their butts kicked. It was the Chiefs. The Chiefs dictated that game on defense and that, that they could have played four more quarters. And I don't think Dallas would have got a touchdown the way they were playing. Yeah. And look, part of that is obviously what, what they did, but look, to be fair, you know, there was a lot of, um, of drop passes, which sometimes you need to have in a game. Like I don't feel bad for the Cowboys because of that, but they dropped some passes, you know, some offensive line injuries. But the thing that bothers me about when we, when we talk about um, just teams in general is, is, you know, they usually say, well, the Cowboys had guys hurt. Okay, well, then you should hold them to nine points. Like, that's what you should do. You should play better if the yeah. other team is, is guys that are out. Like, what do, you, what do you want the Chiefs to do? Give up zero points? That seems unlikely. You have nine points. That's what they should have done. They, they're missing their left tackle, who the Cowboys cannot win without. I think they're now they're 14 and 16 when Teron Smith hasn't played and started a game. They're down to two wide receivers. Zeke got beat up. The Chiefs should allow nine points. That's what good teams do. And they took advantage of injuries. Like, that's what they should be doing. So the idea that they're we downgrade their performance because they're guys missing. Jordan Love, they allowed seven points at the very end. That's what they should do when Jordan Love is playing. Not allow points to a quarterback that's not very good. So the idea, again, that like this is should be a knock on the Chiefs, no. It's what they should do. They should play well against bad offenses. Yeah, and I – I feel like, you know, I've seen so many people say, well, they didn't have C.D. Lamb. They did in the first half, and they scored three points. I mean, yeah. he was there for the first half of the game. He, he You know, it, look, they were missing Cooper. They were missing Tyron Smith, which are huge yeah. guys, huge guys. But in the end, like, I also believe, too, the Chiefs in that game were playing so fast, and they were playing physical. And when you can when you could constantly manufacture a pass rush with four guys, as the Chiefs were doing in that game, then they'd bring the occasional blitz. He brought Steen on a, on a slot blitz. He, he got his hands on one pass. When you do that type of stuff, and God, Jeff, you could speak this way more than I could, you know, considering your experience in the league. But I, you know, you when you see that, and you're getting there, and you're getting there, and you're getting there, and not even with sacks, which is hurries and, and yeah. pressures. 
it speeds up everything on every play yes. because you are, if you're Dak, you're expecting it to get there at some point. You know, maybe you're used to having two and a half seconds. Now you're thinking I got one and three quarter seconds. You know, I got to, I, I've got to get rid of the ball. I've got to get rid of the ball. It screws up timing. It screws up everything on an offense, even on a play where maybe you don't get there, but you've been getting there over and over and over. Like it starts to feed into, it speeds yeah. up the clock of, all right, the ball's got to be out. And maybe you get it out a half second before you normally would, you know, and, and all of a sudden a guy who would normally come out of his break and he's open, well, he's just getting out of his break. And now the ball hits him off the front of the hands because he couldn't get open or he couldn't get around quick enough. All that stuff plays in. And early in that game, Kansas City was just all over Dak. I mean, they, they ended up with five sacks. But I thought that was part of the game was it just – they were off kilter from the start. And I think a lot of that had to do with the way Kansas City yeah. was getting home from jump. But I also think it's important to, to know that it's not just the physical play, right? As you mentioned, the Cowboys' offense started calling plays like they were afraid of their offensive line. So – and my, my brother tweeted this out too, and I think he was exactly right. So all the downfield stuff is out of the playbook now. So you're getting underneath passes. You know, you, there's not time to have those deep developing passes where you can take advantage of the Chiefs' tendency since Andy Reid has been there to commit defensive pass interference or holding penalties. It blows my mind. I, I can't imagine a team has committed more in the last eight years of defensive pass interference penalties um, or holding penalties. And that's all out because they don't have to, to, to guard for that long, right? Like there's no – they don't have to do that anymore. So um, – that's that's where it also matters because it's Kellen Morris like, oh, God, we, we got to protect our quarterback. Let's go to a quick game. Let's get the ball out quickly. And that's why it matters as well. It's not just a physical beatdown. It's, it's how the play caller changes what the offense wants to be. I want to talk a little bit about the offense in this game because it was a little disjointed. They looked pretty good early. They were moving the ball. They were running the ball. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was back. And then they kind of got a little disjointed, a little bit sloppy. The, the, the Kelsey interception was, was terrible. Actually, I want to talk on that one real quick. A great effort by Byron Pringle to run yeah. down the interception on that play. And I wanted to get both of your opinions on this. Kelsey kind of pouted. He pouted a little bit after he gave up that interception. And he was one of the only players that didn't run back. Um, does does that bother you, like Jeff, as a player, when you see one of your teammates on a play like that, or you kind of understand that? Not know? not from him. I mean, yeah. I, I think his effort and his desire to win has been proven many times over. I don't sure. think he, I don't think he thought the ball was intercepted. I think he's just like, yeah. oh, geez, I dropped the pass. That's what I thought too. And and by that point, he's fifteen yards away. I don't even realize what 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 had happened. Yeah. And look, little effort plays like what Pringle did, who seems to be the number two wide, wide receiver now. They're playing him a lot more. Um, is the difference sometimes of winning and losing, right? I mean, we famously saw DK Metcalf, right? Hawk down Buda Baker, I think it was, and yeah. that saved a touchdown there, and that led to, to no points. I think, I, th I think Arizona missed yeah, a field goal right. there. And little plays like that are, are important. And those are like team culture plays, right? That's that's effort that you really – you hope to teach, but you kind of have to have it inside of you, and players do feed off that. I'm not – the Kelsey thing, that's I, – I don't know if people are making a big deal about that. That should not be a big deal. No, I, I, I totally agree, actually. Completely, I I thought the same thing was. I think he just thought he dropped the ball. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like Jeff said, I think by the time he realized, turned around, I mean, yeah, he's never going to catch him. I have no issue. I I just had an issue with the fact that he's been dropping the ball. I mean that that that's been the bigger thing, which is weird. He is not a guy throughout his career that drops passes. That has not been an mo for Travis Kelsey this year. It has been. I mean, obviously, look, he's still having a great year, but um, 
I think with him, I don't think it was so much as a pout as much as he was pissed. I think he yeah. felt like, you know, that was the second drop he had in the game. Um, but, look, he also had some big catches in that game. But that that game, and I said this right after the game as well, like I really, I really feel like with the offense, when they were playing the Giants and the Packers and the Titans, they looked completely disjointed offensively. They looked yeah. out of rhythm, out of sync. They couldn't figure out a scheme. I mean, it, everything looked wrong. Everything looked – they had no confidence. They looked terrible. I did not feel that way in the Cowboys game. I thought they they were fine. They just beat themselves. I mean, they dropped a bunch of passes. They had a couple big penalties that took them out of drives. Um, now, obviously, the turnovers. But I really – you know, I, I didn't get the feeling like it was like the Packers game or the Giants game. It, the Chiefs were moving the ball. They just – they just yeah. were circulating. Here's here's the, the issue that happens, though, and why it's a little concerning that they keep having these problems. It kind of becomes your identity, right? And your identity becomes like, we just kind of keep making these mistakes. And and it's not really about when they play the Cowboys, but it's, you know, it's when they play a playoff game and they really haven't fixed some of these issues. And you're playing a good football team and it's like, oh, we, we should have won the game, but we kind of just didn't. Like, it obviously matters a lot more then than it might yeah. against the Cowboys. So. They still need to, and, and it does. It does. If you're a Chiefs fan, it should um, actually excite you that there's seven and four leading the division and still have a lot to work on. Like there's still things they can fix and still need to fix. And Andrew Reid's great after a bye. I forget who I think they play the Broncos right Denver after Hall, a bye. Which might get flexed um, Sunday night. Yes, I saw that. So they're probably going to you know the win that game be eight and four. I mean, there's it just each week. I think you want to see the defense. Just I mean, not the defense, the offense. Just kind of fix some of their some of their errors and. I think it'll happen. I have faith it will happen, but they still you know turn the ball over too much. The drop passes, penalties on Tommy. I thought one of them was a bad call on Trey, but uh, the other one was probably a holding. So you know, and then Trey got a personal foul after well, um, uh, uh, he cussed out the ref, and then I mean, Clyde Edward Tiller. I mean that that point was vicious. I, my, my kids were watching. Uh, yeah, I would have, I would have had to turn it off. So just yeah. stuff like that. I mean, they had three they had three unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. I mean, Fenton's like out there like motioning like i don't even know what that was that made that was gonna get called i mean that was fairly obvious um the, the whole but that whole sequence is interesting because <laughs> mike prayer is like well they shouldn't call face mask and you're like well it's a face mask they should call it like it's we see right. it happening right there and he was arguing procedurally i'm like dude just call it it's, we see it's a face mask so the sky judge is happening in the nfl i wish i just admit they're doing it oh yeah yeah it, it always cracks me up like, like, and I get Pereira. Like, I understand where he's coming from from the from the letter of the law, so to speak. And by the way, Epic, I saw you say Happy Thanksgiving from Canada. Thank you, appreciate that. I would yep. say the same to you, but I know up in Canada, you're not having a Thanksgiving. Um, look, I, I, it drives me nuts. Like, we have so much technology now, and in the stadium, and I, this has been the case forever. But like, we have these huge, unbelievable video boards where they're showing this play, and Finn is getting his head ripped off, and Pereira's yeah. like, they can't look at that. Why the hell not? Right. His helmet got ripped yeah. off his head. I, I also love in college football, I think more than anything else, there's a review and they have the tiny screen you're looking at. They're like the oh, screen's like this big. Yeah. Um, and obviously they're listening to someone on the headset who has more uh, TVs, but it's just kind of funny that that's the way this is this has gone down. Um, it was the right call though. So yeah, just like cleaning up things like that, which um, Andy Reid does a great job of self, uh, self-scouting. So he'll come back next week and maybe even... They probably had someone do it already, and maybe today or tomorrow they're meeting with the players before they, they head off for the week. Like, here, guys, here's what we need to work on. Here's what we're good at. Here's what we're bad at. And figuring out a way to, to get things kind of 
more uh, or just kind of less mistakes on offense. During the second half of that game, Jeff, did you feel like, and I knew you mentioned earlier, they could, you'd like to see them run the ball a little bit more. The offensive line, these guys can block nasty. Um, I, as a fan watching that, I felt in the second half like, man, we could just put this away if we just go to the ground game. We're getting really great push. Clyde's running well. Were you feeling that as well? Do you think that they could have settled things down a little bit more on offense and, and gotten another score if they just committed to the run just a little bit more? Oh man, I'm always going to want to run the ball more. And um, there is, I think with this offensive line, um, run it forward. Like the sideways outside zone stuff from shotgun is not what they do well. This was the first game I thought all season they had run only runs the offensive line was good at, which is downhill, like straight downhill. Um, Any sort of gap runs or they just ran inside zone, but more like just kind of just straight inside zone, kind of like almost like a dive. It wasn't even inside zone. Just, you know, the the back kind of st- step back, moment's hand on the ball, he just went straight downhill. Um, look, Andy Reid is not going to run the football. It's not what they do. So any game we get where we get, I think it was six, seven, eight runs in a row at one point, but the first negative run, he's going to pass the ball. And they view, by the way, they view the RPO as a run. I mean, there was, a, I think, a time in the game they ran – four straight RPOs, but through three of the four. So those count to them. You know, if Tyreek Hill gets eight yards on RPO, that's a positive play. It's a good play. So right. they call more runs than we give them credit for. And 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 Mahomes, for the most part, I think does a really good job of figuring out where the advantage, whether it's going out to the edge or, or keeping uh, the, the run play going. I, I, I like to see more of it. I think they have a fantastic run-blocking offensive line. Uh, young players who – I mean, Creed is one of the best centers already. Trey Smith will be an all-pro one day. Um, you know, uh, Joe Tooney's been fantastic. They have dudes that can play. I wish what they would do it more, but it's not what it's not what Andy Reid does. So I, I can't be that upset about it. I mean, it's not going to happen. I, I do want to. First of all, I agree. Like my father, every week screaming about why don't they run the ball? Why don't they? Run? I'm like, well, because that's not who they are. It's just not. Like for better or worse, it's not what they're going to do, and it drives me a little bit crazy too. Especially when you watch, and early in the game, Dallas is just getting blown off the ball. I mean, blown off the ball. The, the touchdown run by Kelsey, he didn't get touched. They ran it from the four-yard line, and he yeah. literally didn't get hit until he was at the goal line because the entire offensive line was at the goal line. Yeah, I, I got to say, though, man, like whenever I see the Chiefs get get cute on the in the in the low red zone, I kind of cringe. Uh, oh, please, preach it. I, I, Patrick and it, I, I, I was screaming uh, about this a couple like, weeks ago when they played the Giants. Like for years, it was really good. Like it, they just – they always kind of were able to, to get – in the last – you know, the last – a year, it's just not been as good. And especially when the offense is not flowing very well, you're kind of like, well, just let Pat Mahomes make it happen. Well, like, just let him do it. And, and it was a good play, yeah. though. It worked well. And, and also, like, you you know, we all, we've talked about this. for year, I, on, In years past, they've not had the offensive line to line up on third and one and third and two and just run the ball. They do now. Especially, look, Orlando Brown's a very good run blocker. But the trio inside – like enough of this stuff where you're running like this zone scheme. Like just run. I got. We just said. I mean, we just yep. talked about run power. Just run it. Like there's no reason not to run behind those three guys. I really think in the playoffs, if they get into a game where they've got to burn some time, that's the way to do it. Like now. And by the way, the last drive against the Cowboys. As bad as that offense was after the midway point of the second quarter, they got the ball with about eight minutes left, and they pretty much ended the game. And a lot of that was running the ball. I mean, just oh, yeah. pounding yep. the football. Dallas couldn't stop them. 
I mean, Darrell Williams had an 11-yard run in there. Clyde had some nice runs in there. They did sprinkle in a pass here to Kelsey. But, like, it was a lot of just, we're better than you up front. We're running you over. And I do think that is one thing in the playoffs that matters. And for people to say, well, no, not really. Go look at go look at the AFC Championship game when they beat Tennessee. And they lined up in the second half of that game and just ran them over for the entire second half of the football game. You know, it's not – it's not as necessary maybe as it was in the mid-90s, but it still matters. It still matters you can execute a four-minute drill. It, it, it does. Um, yeah, and it's, again, it's, it's like not what they do, though. Like it's, it's hard, I think, at times just to say, hey, we're going to do something we don't often do. We we want it. We, we want them to do it. But they've, for years, have relied on Mahomes to be that guy. In the, because their offensive line, look, last year was beat up. They have not been the best run-blocking unit for a couple of years now. But now that's obviously changed a lot. So maybe we'll see more of that. Because they did it. You're right. They, they, they did it. They tried to do it the second half of this game. And maybe moving forward, we see more of that as they trust them more in these situations. Yeah, absolutely. And and let's move on to – we're getting into the the bye week here. Andy Reid, legendary, coming off of a bye, gets to get in there, tinker, make his adjustments. Uh, I'll, I'll start with you this time, Verderam. If you're Andy Reid and you're going into this bye week, what are you focusing on? What are you What are you tinkering with? What are you adjusting for the second half of the season? I'm doing everything I can to get them to stop beating themselves. Like I really believe that. Like defensively, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch a damn thing. Like I, I would just leave it alone. Offensively, I mean. I think they're second in offensive penalties taken. They're first in drops, like first isn't worst, uh, and they are worst in turnovers. I mean, I, now, as far as schematically, I'd like to see them utilize Hill and Hardman's speed a little bit more. I think at times, and I just saw Ready Whip just said, need more jet sweeps. Yeah. Like, that's – look, I want to see them get to the edges a little bit more. I thought early in the game against Dallas they were doing that, and they were killing them. And then they went away from it. Like, I – I'm not saying you got to do it 10 times a game, but I would like to see them. Look, if, if teams are going to play this cover two shell where they're not going to let you get over the top, I think at some point you have to accept that a little bit and go, all right, fine. Well, how do we create explosive plays within those confines? Well, it's getting the ball to those guys with space and allowing them to run with the football. Like, I, I think that to me is something you have to do. It's also something, look, I'd be working on, and this kind of goes to what we talked about. If you run the ball effectively and you can start sucking up those linebackers, you can hit them in the second levels. You know, especially if those safeties are going to be dropping 15, 20 yards off the line of scrimmage and you can get a linebacker to suck up, hit him behind the linebacker. I, look, yeah. all, this, all this is stuff that Andy Reid, if he was listening to this conversation, would laugh. Go, yeah, guys, I know. I, I get it. But, I mean, that, if you're asking me, that's what I do. But I really just think they've got to stop killing themselves on offense. If they stop doing that, they'll be fine. Um. It's that simple, right? But I, I don't know how you coach, like, stop dropping the ball and committing p- penalties. Right. You know, like, that's like, there's nothing to coach. It's just like, do you think Travis Kelsey's just not practicing how to catch the ball? I'm sure he is. I mean, McCall Hardman, this is what he's done for years. It's like, no surprise. Pat, Pat gave him a death stare in the first quarter when he dropped the pass. Drop that ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think you look at, at, you look at even like the offseason, like, they need to get number two wide receiver in the worst way. Like they, I don't know what their their you know their draft slot will be anywhere from what twenty to thirty two around there. I mean, I, someone someone's got to help that. Uh, that's my my guess, and maybe pass rusher too. But um, it's just they gotta they gotta find that. But I'm with you. Like use the speed, use the offensive line. Um, 
you know, kind of, I think they're getting back to some creative plays as well. That reverse was really nice uh, early in the game. So I think they're, they're back on, on what they, and again, Andy Reid's the only staff and I played for Tom Coughlin, John Fox, Leslie Frazier were at the bye week. They told us what we were good and bad at. Like we are good at these plays and we're bad at these plays. We're not running the plays we're bad at anymore. <laughs> Throw them out. We're running the plays we're good at. And that's why I think they're good after buys because they they actually they, they have some uh they kind of throw their egos aside and say, hey, we're gonna do what, what we're good at, even if it's stuff that I don't like to call or I'm not used to calling. We're gonna run what we're good at. And that's I think what makes them so good after bye weeks. It's gonna be very exciting. Let's get to the second half of the season here and and, and just hand out some hardware for for the mid for the midseason awards. Um Jeff, who's your offensive MVP on this sort of rocky first half of the season for the Chiefs? Reed Humphrey. I love it. I love it. I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's a rookie center in this offense. They haven't missed a beat. Like he's been fantastic. Yeah, I, I was just going to say fly, the, the interior of the offensive line. So I'm I'm in lockstep with Jeff. I mean, look, I, I you know I'll go differently though, just because Jeff already covered that. Tyreek Hill is having an unbelievable season. Like yes. nobody's talking yep. about it. He has like 85 catches and over 900 yards already. I mean, yeah. in, in an offense where every week defenses, all they want to do is take him away. All they want to do every week. Nobody deep, nobody deep, nobody deep, nobody. I mean, God knows it's about him, right? Like nobody's worried about Demarcus Robinson getting deep. And yet Tyree Kill is probably going to have, you know, 1,500 yards. And I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating, 120 catches? I mean, 110, 120. It's He's had an unbelievable season under the radar. And by the way, Mahomes is, I don't know what Brady last night might have changed. He's either leading the league in yardage or he's second. Yeah. And it's 25 touchdown passes. And people are like, why is he terrible? Why is he's he not broken? It's like broken. He's broken. I mean, come on. That's what but, they're saying. But I'll say Hill. Hill's been incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill as well, uh, just because of the way that they've been able to move him around uh, with, with people taking away the deep balls. They've been finding ways to get the ball in his hands, and he just makes such a big difference for this team. And in some of these tight games, has really bailed them out um, with his incredibly unique skill set. So I'm going to go with Tyreek as well. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. We'll start with you this time, Bertram. Who's your defensive MVP for the first half? Jeez, so <laughs> it's really like who's been the defensive MVP of the last month, right? Because early it was nobody. I, I think – I think it has to be. I think it has to be probably Chris Jones. I mean, yeah. just just based off of he's been so great the last month. But I got to say, it's actually a hard call because you can make a lot of different cases. Like the, 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 some of the corners have played really, really well. Especially, I mean, Fenton has been tremendous. Sneed's been good. Ward was great. Um, but I think Jones. Jones it, it all starts with him. Like when he's dominant up front, it changes everything about them. So I'll, I'll go Chris Jones. I think it has to be Chris Jones just because of what he's done the last two or three weeks, but coming back inside. Yeah. And we saw when he when he missed some games because of wrist injury too, right? The defense just wasn't even close to getting home on the quarterback. Um, I think it's got to be – because it can't be anyone in the secondary, at least not now. I mean, you can make a case the defense has played much better since Gay has gotten more reps, but, I mean, he's not MVP caliber for the defense. So, to me, it has to be Chris Jones. I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Chris Jones. Uh, but I want to give a just a special shout out to Charvarius Ward because I think when he came back, there are a lot of things that changes that were happening, but he's been a really solid player for them. And that's that, you know, you get that extra player in there and everybody else gets better from having him back on the field. So I think he's been key for this defense and part of this turnaround. All right, rookie of the year. I think this one's actually really interesting and tough. 
because the Chiefs have a couple of, of, of really talented rookies along the offensive line. Jeff, who are you going to go with? For rookie of the year so far? Yeah, rookie of the year for the Chiefs. Um, I, mean, I just gave Creed off its point. I'll go, I'll just say Trey Smith just for this reason. Um, I think the physicality he brings to the offense in you need a guy like that. If you remember when Quentin Nelson came to the Colts, the Colts had a good offensive line. He came there, they became like a punishing offensive line. When you have a guy like Trey Smith, the rest of the offensive line wants to play to his level. They want to be as physical as him. They don't want to be the guy who's not finishing guys. Um, and so to me, it, it has to be Trey Smith right now. Um, you know, obviously Creed's excellent and Creed will probably be an all pro. It's possible. But like, I, I think that, that Trey Smith, that the physicality he plays with is really tough to match. I, I look, I was going to say Smith, but, but to be fair, I think Humphrey, like to be a center and be a rookie, that's a really hard thing. Like that, you know, there's a lot that goes into that getting calls and protections or anything. Obviously, with Mahomes, you're going to have some help there, but he's been phenomenal. I actually was talking to somebody in the league, like, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, who said, like, he's not going to win offensive rookie of the year because he's an offensive lineman, but like, he, honest to God, could be the rookie of the year. Like, he's been, I mean, Rashawn Slater would probably get over him just because of playing left tackle. Awesome. Um, But Creed's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I am. Trey Smith going the sixth round, I still don't understand. Like the medicals were fine. I mean, like he he had some issues, but he's been fine. Clearly, um, uh, Chiefs got. I mean, they hit a home run with him in the sixth round. I cannot believe they I, got they got him the sixth round. You know, look. Yeah. I mean, obviously, doing this for a living. Like I remember, you know, Trey Smith. Like I, I didn't. I, I knew. I knew of him. I didn't realize. Like, oh, he's you know, he's as I didn't realize he was like the number one recruit in the country coming out of high he school. Was, like yeah, I didn't twenty seventeen. Yeah, that talented. And when they drafted him, I remember my, like immediately my phone pinged and I looked down, and it was you. And you're like, great pick, great pick. <laughs> Just to be like, you know, and it's it like talking to people in OTAs. I remember I, I reached out to somebody with the team during the OTAs and they're like, oh my God, this guy, like this guy, this guy's going to play like immediately. Because yeah. He's unbelievable. And, you know, normally like you don't hear that from, like, like certainly they're going to pump their guys up, but, you don't normally hear like some guy who's in the sixth round, especially on a team as talented as Kansas City, just be like, "Oh, this he's going to play week one." Like, we there's no way we're putting this guy on a bench. Um, I mean, it was evident with him and Creed right away. And it, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, with Creed as well. Um, really steady presence there for them in the middle. And what's exciting for for me and I think all Chiefs fans is this is these guys are just getting started. Like they're going to improve, they're going to get more reps. So to to be able to watch and see how this, this this new line plays together, but particularly Creed um, and Smith in the middle there is is going to be really really exciting as they move forward. Um, all right, last one here. Who's your most underrated Chief so far this season? I'm going to go with you, Bertram. I got to go defense because I think we we really covered the offense and we've talked about the stars there. I think it's Willie Gay. I think nationally, I, I Chief fans appreciate him, but I think nationally it's Willie Gay because when he came in, and by the way, my like one B here would have been Nick Bolton. Um, they have completely transformed the way they play the run, like completely. Gay, and this actually wasn't a running play. But there was a play last game in the third quarter. They, you know, Dak swung a pass out to Zeke on third and two. Any other linebacker on the Chiefs, there's no way yep. in hell. Like he turns the nope. corner, he gets five six yards, maybe shove him out of bounds. Willie Gay like caught up to him at the line of scrimmage and just wailed him out of bounds for a no game. Yep. 
That never, that would not have happened with any Chiefs linebacker since Derek Johnson. There's no way that anybody, and like Willie Gate wasn't even hard. Like he just got there and just slammed them out of bounds. Like, all right, punt. Like that, he is so athletic. And by the way, if you remember, he missed it, but he just missed picking Dak off in the second quarter of that game. And if he does, he's yeah. call. Like he's walking yeah. to the end. He's so athletic, he's a game changer for them. Love it. Um, I mean, I think you go you know, a couple secondary players possibly, right? I mean, Snead and Ward and, and those guys are, are doing that. But, I mean, I think – I mean, Ingram and his ability so far to change this defensive line's pass rush has been – I mean, you can't double Chris Jones or Frank Clark anymore because you have the third pass rusher in Ingram who's still doing and playing well. I mean, I think in, in his, what, two games, three games now? Three, I think it is. Yeah, um his addition's been wonderful for this Chiefs defense line. They have been better. They have been able to rush the passer better since Ingram came into the lineup. It's been three games, and those three games have been the three best they played all season up front. Yeah, absolutely. It's getting very exciting to watch the Chiefs defense, which is uh, boy, what a turnaround that has been. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with, with 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 my guy Ward here. Um, I just think he really saw what he means to this defense when he was out, and how much he helped everybody improve when he got back. All right, second half predictions um, before we get out of here. I'll start with you again, Verderam. What is the Chiefs' final record going to be, and what's their playoff fate? Sitting here right now with, with full understanding that you could change your mind based on the next few weeks, but right here, right now, how do they end the season, and what's their final record? I mean, look, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that people who are in the stream and certainly the two people I'm talking to know with me, I'm anything but a homer. I will kill them at the drop of a hat about just about anything. I don't think they're going to lose another game. I said that to Seren Petro in Kansas City. Uh, I said, if they beat Dallas, I think they're going to run the table. And he kind of was like, whoa, like, I, I do. I don't think I, – I, I look at it, they got Denver twice. They've got the Bengals on the road, who I, I respect, but if the Chiefs play well, they're winning that game. They have the Steelers at home who can't score a point. The Raiders yeah. at home. The only game that I look at and go, maybe, is the Chargers. Chargers, yeah. But I got to be honest. like I think if the Chiefs know that if they win that game, they're home free, like, they should have killed the Chargers the first time they played them, and that was when their defense was a wreck. Like, I, look, I think they're going to run the table. I do. And if, it, and if they do it, they might be the one seed. Like, I don't, I don't know that anybody would beat them out. I mean, I don't, I don't think Buffalo's well, run the table. I don't think – I think Baltimore is going to run any kind of table with the schedule they've got ahead, and Tennessee just lost to the Texans. The 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 problem for the Chiefs getting the one seed is they lost the tiebreaker to Baltimore and Tennessee, right. and so you have to you have to basically beat them by beat them you, know, you have to get and that's that's tough I think to do. So I'm with you, Matt. I think they lose at the most two of the last six games, and then um, in the playoffs. Okay, look. I mean, to me, the only place I could see them going to lose is Buffalo. I don't think they lose to Tennessee again. Um, I'm not, I, you know, they're they're so beat up. They're DVOA. They're 18th in DVOA. Tennessee. They're, they're not a good football not. team. Yeah. Buffalo's defense is not as good as they've been, but you know they're playing better teams now. But they're not as bad as the Colts game, right? Like I think playing oh, yeah. in Buffalo yeah. with the weather it could be a bad weather game would be tough. I mean, I, I, Josh Allen seems to have regressed back to what he was in 2019. That's the only place I don't. They're not losing in Baltimore. They're not losing in 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 Tennessee. They're not losing in maybe again in Buffalo. That's about it for me. Is where I see them losing a playoff game if that's the case. Yeah, I think. I mean, look, I know it's really really hard. I think they're going to go back to the Super Bowl if they're healthy. 
Like I really, I do. I, for, and partial part of that is because I think the AFC stinks. I don't think Tennessee's that good. Baltimore is is seven and three. Give them credit. Like they could easily be three and seven. Like I, I think if Kansas with this defense the way they're playing, I mean, I think they're going to go back to the Super Bowl. I, I and look, it's so hard. They get a one bad game in January, and and that's it, right? But if you're saying you got to bet your mortgage, who's coming out of the AFC? Them, especially if I think they're going to run the table and be a one or a two seed, them. So, uh, look, I, I like where they're headed. I think they've weathered the storm. And I, I I really look at the rest of their schedule. I just, other than that Chargers game, I just do not see them having a hard time in these games. I don't, I don't, I do not think they're losing to Denver. I don't think they're no. losing to the Raiders. I don't think they're losing to the Steelers. The Bengals, again, I respect the Bengals. I just don't think the Bengals are ready to beat them in a game where if the Chiefs know they've got to win that game, like, I don't think Cincinnati's beating them. And the Chargers game's interesting, although, again, it's going to be Arrowhead West. It's 70% of that place is going to be Chiefs fans. So, oh, yeah. you know, we'll see. I, you know, 12 and 5, certainly in play, but I, I, will, I will roll. I think 13 and 4. I think they went out. I love it. I think, yeah, I think they lose. I think they lose one more game somewhere along the way they slip up. I could see them slipping up to Pittsburgh because of that defense. If they come out and they have one of those offensive games, it could end up losing an ugly football game. But um, yeah, I think, I think they only lose one more because if they keep playing defense like this and the offense gets a little bit more consistent, they're just better than most of the yeah. teams that they're going to be playing. Um, they should watch out for Buffalo in the playoffs though, because that defense has been much improved and you know, that's, that's a one game any given Sunday. They better be careful there. Before we get out of here. George asking Pat, which I think are fair because a lot of people put that in there. Look, I have all the respect in the world. I would not want to see them for one reason. Belichick scares the hell out of you and and, and should, right? Like he he can just have a game plan where you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, but Mac Jones, they're not winning the AFC. Well, that's where I was going to go. But like my ultimate thing is like you're telling me Mac Jones has beat Mahomes in a playoff game. I just – that's not happening. I'm sorry. Like And Spagnuolo – He's gotten a lot of shit over the over the course of this year. When he plays young quarterbacks, he typically kills them. It's just so there's so many different looks you get out of them. Mac Jones is not beating. If, if they do all the credit in the world to the Pats, I would be shocked if Mac Jones beat them in a playoff game. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Don't see that one happening. One last prediction before we get out of here. And this one, this is this has actually become one of my favorite holiday traditions is logging onto Twitter usually sometime around Christmas day and seeing when Jeff's wife is dragging the tree out to the curb, <laughs> uh, which is absolutely no. hilarious. So Jeff, Jeff always refers to a tradition like any other. What time does the tree come down this year? So we'll get the tree tomorrow as we do on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I don't know, between like eight, and 9 AM, whenever she gets up and just is over it and just takes everything <laughs> off and we take the tree out and it's gone. Like she's, very practical. I mean, we're going to get it on November 24th, and in a month later, she's over it. She's like, we've done it. It's yeah. done its service purpose, um, and it's dragged out there. People think we're weird. I don't care, but it is a very fun <laughs> and, and I don't even help her. She just does it herself. She just, I mean, it's so yeah. dead. It's you know, so it's not very heavy by then, yeah. and she just drags that thing out, and by about 9 a.m. on Christmas morning, <laughs> the house is back to normal. It's lovely. I love it. I love it. It's a hilarious bit you've got going every year. And I, by the way, a be- just a beautiful home. That the shot Thank you always you. have of the tree when it's up. What a spot for a nice it's, big. It's a great. Tree. It's a great yeah. spot for a tree, and then it's a great spot to pull a tree down and drag it out from. It equally is yeah. an impressive <laughs> location. 
You know, I noticed that I looked back at some of the photos today ahead of the podcast and like a few years ago, she had a like a little cart. It was on four wheels. And then I think last year there was just a video of her just dragging it by the top. Yeah, of the we don't. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we, we don't do the we don't do the dolly anymore. We just yeah, grab it and pull it out of there. I love it. I love it. All right. And what, one more thing before we go. Number one, number one thing you're looking forward to eating on Thanksgiving. Burger M. So oh, go ahead. Oh, for me, Jesus. So I'm not a turkey guy. Like, I will eat it, but I'm not. Like, I love ham far more than I love turkey. I'm bi- I'm big into the, the the sides. Like, I love mashed potatoes and I love yams. Big big starch fan, obviously. And then also, like, I love a good apple pie. And and I'm not, none of this mm. none of this one slice shit either. Like, especially bears and lions. I got to sit through that crap. Two slices yeah. minimum. So I do like turkey. I fry my turkey. It's very delicious. I like the turkey wing. Um, but my wife makes homemade mac and cheese. The only time of year she makes homemade mac and cheese. That is what mm-hmm. I uh, live for Thanksgiving. And I'll be eating lots of, of homemade mac and cheese. Yeah, it's starch madness. Starch madness. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm a bit, you know what? This isn't even really a special Thanksgiving food, but give me the rolls. I want the brown and serve Ooh, rolls. I, I like hot it. butter on there. Dip it in the gravy. Um, just uh, can't. Can't get enough of it. My, my my favorite Thanksgiving memory is my my papa before he died would always he was notorious for walking around the table and swiping people's rolls off their plates. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I try to do that to my wife at least once a year. All right, everybody, we are we're going to get out of here. Um, thank you so much, to Jeff Schwartz, for joining us on our Thanksgiving special, the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Make sure you check out all the work he does, and of course, his podcast, Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. Uh, For Matt Vergram, for Jeff Schwartz, have a happy, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We will see you next week. And as always, go Chiefs. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great. But having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com. Code staple two zero. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.